right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. This is the only show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and the non-technical aspects of investment banking. Hello, my name is Alex Mason and I am your host. Hope you're having a great start to the week. And what we're doing now is talking about valuation methodologies. We spent some time going into more detail about the comparable companies method. Now we're talking about precedent transactions. And specifically, we're going to talk about the first step in conducting a precedent transactions analysis, which is selecting your comparable precedent transactions. In order to come up with this analysis, we need to figure out what comparable acquisitions we can look at to come up with a reasonable set of data for ultimately our valuation. So where do you get these comparable precedent transactions? We know for comparable companies, we can filter the companies down by different characteristics like size, business model, industry, etc. But with transactions, we're talking about specific moments in time. We're talking about specific deals, not just the companies, but those things are related. So how do we actually get that information? Well, there's a couple of things that you can do to get comparable precedent transaction information. One thing you can do is you can look through M&A databases to find merger activity. There are databases out there, there are websites out there that track when companies are bought or sold, especially the publicly traded ones. So go ahead and you can even just Google this kind of stuff, like Google uh, so-and-so company recent acquisitions or so-and-so company uh, recent divestitures, things like that. And you can actually find a lot of info just by doing that. Uh, For example, you can use FactSet or Capital IQ if you have access to those databases to look at live acquisitions, recent acquisitions, and get an idea there. Another thing that you can do is look at the merger and acquisition history of the target company itself. What companies has this business purchased in the past, right? Like if a company has been around a long time, and especially if it has a history of acquisitions, what do the prior acquisitions look like? Who were the companies that were acquired? What was the consideration? What was the price? What was the date? Those are valuable pieces of information that you can use further in your analysis. And also you can ask a similar question. What other companies have purchased, sold, or spun off this target company in the past? Because that can give you some clues as to what the valuation might be. One example of the former point is Procter & Gamble. I just wanted to come up with an example for this episode. So I went ahead and did a little bit of research and checked out some public filings for Procter & Gamble. Now, if you don't know, Procter & Gamble is the major, major consumer giant of a company to the point where 298 out of 300 American households contain at least one Procter & Gamble product in them. Like their saturation is ridiculous, but they're a global multinational consumer products company. And so I want to see, okay, what acquisitions has P&G been doing lately? And I found through uh, a website, a list of several acquisitions that the company has made over the past several years. In 2023, they acquired 
a personal care beauty company. In 2022, they acquired a private label skincare company. In 2021, they actually had a string of acquisitions uh, in hair care, natural skin care, and they actually made a sports drink acquisition in 2021 as well. So this is a company that buys a lot of, of businesses in the consumer space, but it looks like most recently they've actually been focusing more on beauty and hair care in terms of acquisitions. So that is a little clue in terms of what management strategy has been. Now their most recent acquisition as of the recording of this episode was about one year ago in January, 2023. And Procter & Gamble bought a black owned hair care brand called Miel Organics. And although the amount of this deal wasn't officially disclosed in the database where I found out about this deal, I went ahead and looked into the filings because I was able to get some information from management. I wanna know a little bit more, right? Like how much were they paying for this business? And in the 10K, management states, quote, acquisition activity used cash of $765 million in 2023, primarily related to a beauty acquisition, end quote. So, okay, based on the fact that I don't think there were any other acquisitions that P&G had last year, that's probably how much they paid for the deal. And we know the consideration because they say they use cash. So that's something that we know there. Um, and that can help us in terms of comparable acquisitions for our target. If say we're looking at another consumer products company that might also be trying to purchase a hair care brand. So what are some other places that you can find this kind of information? Another place you can look is equity and fixed income research reports. So there's equity reports um, created by analysts that work at financial institutions that can give you all sorts of data, projections, and basically hypotheses about a business and where it's going. And as part of those research reports, you can find out some information about comparable acquisitions. And then another place that you can look is in merger proxies. Now, what is a merger proxy? I actually read my first <laughs> I read my first merger proxy about one month ago. <laughs> so before that, I didn't know what, what was going on. But these documents are official SEC documents that describe the background of an acquisition in detail. They're very informative documents. So when a deal gets announced, when it gets announced officially by company channels, this document gets published with the SEC. And it has a ton of stuff in it. But one of the things that these documents have are they contain excerpts from what are called fairness opinions, which cite the lists of selected transactions or companies that are referenced. So a fairness opinion is essentially a document that an investment bank creates in order to officially tell a company that they're advising uh, that a deal is, that an impending deal is fair. And here are the reasons and it backs it up with analysis. And so one thing that I did, if you remember the episode that I did a few weeks back relating to the acquisition of Hawaiian Airlines by Alaska Airlines, I went ahead and looked up that merger proxy and in its, its Schedule 14A 
is the SEC name for that document. If you go all the way to the back of the document in Annex B, there is something called the fairness opinion. And in this case, the company's advisor, Hawaiian Holdings advisor is Barclays. And Barclays gave its fairness opinion concerning the company's acquisition by Alaska Airlines. And in that part of the document, they reference the companies that they use for comparison. They just list them out right there. They say that we're comparing this to Alaskan Airlines, American, Delta, JetBlue, Southwest, and United. So then what you can do there in this hypothetical scenario is you can say, hmm, well, I wonder what other acquisitions have been made by United or by Southwest. And then you can follow those rabbit trails to find potential comparable acquisitions for use in your analysis for your precedent transactions analysis. So there's a variety of ways you can get this information. The interesting thing about this process, <laughs> and this goes for the comparable companies method evaluation as well, is that there's no quote unquote right way. There's a little bit of a gray area in this process because what you decide to pick in terms of your reference point is yes, you're basing it on facts, but you're also basing it on just your preference and what's available in the market. So that's why these analyses can look totally different from one person to another, even at the same point in time, looking at the same data, because you may be interpreting data differently and decide to exclude or include certain companies or deals. So that's one interesting thing about this method, but those are some ways that you can get that information, get your set of precedent comparable acquisitions. Okay, so that's what I got for you today here on Investment Banking Insights. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for giving me your time and attention. I do not take it lightly and I'm grateful for it. So thank you and I'll see you next time.